The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Are you awake? I don't know how you could sleep right now based on the news that we have received. If you are a Bengals fan, if you are following the team, the Cincinnati Bengals orchestrated a blockbuster deal in free agency, arguably the biggest one that they have ever constructed, especially in external free agency. They sign offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. to the team on a long-term deal to be their left tackle for the foreseeable future. We're going to go over contract details. We're going to go over how this offensive line is going to potentially be constructed, what it means for a couple of people going forward. Hopefully you joined us earlier this evening because we had a really, really fun chat with Joe Goodberry. Unfortunately, in that chat, there wasn't a lot to talk about in terms of Bengals acquisitions. There were some re-signings. Jermaine Pratt, obviously, kind of the internal crown jewel that they kept. But they lost Von Bell. They lost Jesse Bates. They lost Hayden Hurst. They lost Samaje Ryan. Uh, the losses just kept coming for the Cincinnati Bengals. And a lot of us are going, what's the plan here? I, I I don't like to necessarily be the, you know, the toot my own horn guy. I, I don't like to do that, but I did put out for those who follow me on Twitter and I don't do a ton on Twitter. Not the greatest admittedly, admittedly about that. You know, I'm not the greatest social media guy in general. However, um, Earlier today, I, I put out a tweet that kind of said, look, you know, it's kind of it was kind of more, hey, let's talk you off the ledge a little bit here. I'll share it with you. Um, and there was one thing in there that I felt like, hey, you know, maybe these departures, you know, maybe all of these things are pointing to something that while we're 
potentially freaking out about or while we're maybe sitting here going like, what's the plan? What's the idea? Maybe there is something in the works here that kind of we didn't really think about. Maybe it was something big. Maybe it, and a lot of people scoffed at it and rightfully so given the Bengals history, given the Bengals history in free agency Here's the tweet, by the way. It was a long one, so I, I you know, I tend to be long worded. I, t- I tend to be long winded. Um, few thoughts, and I kind of said some things about, you know, when you're a good team. Blah, blah, blah. Take a look at number six, though. I kind of said total speculation, but they could be gearing up for big moves once thought unattainable. Brown was the first guy I mentioned, and then of course, you know, we're talking Schultz and Gasecki and the safety there, uh, Gardner Johnson and whatnot. This was earlier today, um, and I kind of felt like while that might have been a swing for the fence type of speculation or whatever, there had to have been some sort of rhyme or reason where you're going, you know, yeah, we like Von Bell. We would pay him a certain amount of money, and, you know, we, we want him back. He's towards the kind of the latter part of his career, gave us some great years, arguably the prime of his career. Same, you know, with the Hayden Hurst short-term deal. Really valued what he brought. Samaj Piran, really, really valued. But it's kind of like, you know, if we can't make this work through some very strict confines that we have with contract structures or how we value these people, they had something waiting in the wings. That was just kind of this thought that was going on in the back of my mind. And again, I don't like to be like, hey, you know, Anthony, you, you're the soothsayer or whatever. But I just had that feeling, whether it was Orlando Brown, whether it was maybe, you know, a couple of mid-tier guys. And here we go. Essentially, I, I think by some standards, he was a top five, top two free agent remaining on the market was Orlando Brown Jr. The Bengals land him and oh. By the way, do they take it to their huge new rival that has been budding over the last couple of years here in the Kansas City Chiefs? Now, the Chiefs signed Juwan Taylor, a guy that I liked, a guy that a lot of folks like, to a very lucrative contract. But they move a guy who was a career right tackle. Does this sound familiar, by the way? A guy who was a right tackle for a long time. They're going to move him to left tackle and go from there. A guy who, quite honestly, across the board didn't have as solid of PFF scores. Really good pass blocking uh, offensive tackle was Juwan Taylor. Not so strong in the run, run block game. Again, that may or may not matter so much when you're playing in Kansas City because Patrick Mahomes, they like to throw the ball around even Passes are kind of runs in a lot of formations and plays that they run. However, similar deal, Orlando Brown, right tackle with the Ravens. He goes over to Kansas City, plays left tackle, plays well for them. And now, you know, they're doing the same thing with Juwan Taylor. They could not come to an agreement. They did. A lot of teams in this league viewed him as a right tackle in this league not a left tackle. And so they, you know, a lot of teams balked at the numbers that he wanted. The Bengals stepped up to the plate and came up. uh, I got to tell you, I I mean, uh, they came up with a big, big contract for him. I have to tell you something though. The Cincinnati Bengals deserve a lot of credit and you can complain about them not paying Jesse Bates and there's rightful gripes with that. You can complain about their past dealings 
with players internally, externally, what have you. They are shattering preconceived notions. They are shattering expectations when it comes to free agency, the players they are targeting, the players they are landing, and the things we talked about guaranteed money. We'll show you the contract numbers, at least as they are reported. The guaranteed money, they are not a team that puts out a lot of front money, a lot of guaranteed money. The guaranteed money in this contract is massive. And, you know, we've had and I've had a number of complaints about the Bengals' dealings over the years and whatnot. These last two, three off-seasons, they have just really, really landed some big fish in this in, in, in to help their team out. You look now at their offensive line, how it's comprised. There are just good players, solid players across the board. Um, it, it remains to be seen how this is going to be configured, who will remain, who won't remain. We're going to talk a little bit about that as we go on here, but wow. Um, the the Cincinnati Bengals really, you know, I don't know if this is tongue-in-cheek here by our friend Jair here, but the, the, the results have been championship and Super Bowl appearances, AFC championships, Super Bowl appearances. It is no coincidence when you draft well, particularly when you look at that 2020 class that has absolutely changed this entire, entire franchise. When you go and get the necessary pieces in external free agency, you develop and retain your own valuable guys. There is no doubt that that is the, that is the formula to what we're seeing with this team. Now, I know there's some personnel losses here, but I think most Bengals fans, if you were to say, you know, you're going to lose Jesse Bates, predictable. You're going to lose Von Bell, not predictable. That one stings. You're going to lose Hayden Hurst, maybe not as predictable. Stings a little bit. You're going to lose Samaj P. Ryan. You're talking about a backup running back. Yes, your two starting safeties. And yes, your placeholder starting t- tight end. And, and all guys valuable, and especially in the locker room and what, what have you. But you say you're going to continue to bolster that offensive line, which has been the key issue in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs and in the AFC Championship game. I think you'd make that trade-off. I, I think you would make that trade-off. I really would. And I know it's not easy to say because they're the, the guys they've lost are extremely likable, extremely well-respected, and productive players. And, oh, by the way, they were external free agents who came in and contributed as well. So uh, Jesse Bates notwithstanding, I'm talking about Von Bell and Hayden Hurst. You know, uh, Samaj P. Ryan was a waiver guy. So you get my point, though. I mean, you get my point that this is – they are completely changing the blueprint of how they run their their team. They are completely changing uh, narratives and whatnot. And I, you just – you can't – I got to tell you, if you are still banging the, the bangles or cheap drum after this one, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you're hanging on to things that – are a decade plus old, quite honestly. 
um, and, and if not even older, because they are completely running their business a different way. And they recognize that they have been oh so close to not one, but two Lombardi trophies the last two years. They are capitalizing on star players that they have on rookie deals, namely the most important and expensive position in the NFL, a top two to top three player at that position in Joe Burrow. They are capitalizing on those contracts that are currently affordable, be it with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. And oh, by the way, those are guys that they are planning to extend and do what they can to have them here long-term. You know, I, I, this this is just kind of masterful work, quite honestly, in terms of maximizing rookie contracts with guys who are budding stars there on rookie deals and bringing in a DJ Reader, a Trey Hendrickson, a BJ Hill, a Larry Ogunjobi, even though he was only here for one year, an Eli Apple, who's been a solid contributor, a Chidobe Awuzie, a Mike Hilton, an Orlando Brown, a Ted Karras, an Alex Kappa. I, I mean, you, you look. This is a completely different Bengals team in terms of their operating practices from what we've seen for so many years, and this deal proves it. Let's talk about this here. And talk about the numbers. We're going to talk about a couple of different things. We're not going to belabor the point because we already had an hour long plus episode with Joe Goodberry, which was freaking amazing. And we love Joe. Go subscribe to his. Uh, you can go on his Twitter account and subscribe and be a super fan there. We just did that tonight. So uh, awesome, awesome stuff from him. But here we go right here. Let's let's talk about this. Um, I'm trying to think. Is, is this the one here? Uh, yeah, I think this is the one. Okay. These are on Cincy Jungle. And you can see here, These are I'll post these links in here for folks. Multiple reports have Orlando Brown Jr. to the Bengals. They did something. They finally did something. <laughs> I love that uh, initial line here. Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network breaks down the numbers for you. Four-time Pro Bowl tackle and Super Bowl champ Orlando Brown Jr. is finalizing a four-year, $64 million, almost $64.1 million front-loaded deal. Not back-loaded. Front-loaded deal with the Bengals that includes over a $31 million signing bonus. The largest ever for an offensive lineman. That is massive. And not only is it massive because he is physically massive, but not only is it massive because the Bengals need, just continue to need offensive line help, but that is massive for a changing of the guard in terms of how the Bengals operate, the money they give out, how they sign players. This was huge. So there, and there's, there's some interesting history with Orlando Brown Jr. and the Bengals anyway. And we're going to talk about that as well in just a minute, but let's kind of continue on with the greatness of this deal and what the Bengals have orchestrated with it 
because you can see here, this is also on Cincy Jungle and via other numerous sources here. The Bengals got a huge steal based on Orlando Brown contract projections. Orlando Brown and the Chiefs were apparently in talks throughout, you know, last season and whatnot to get an extension done. They couldn't meet with that. But here's the deal. They get a great deal. Orlando Brown is now the 17th highest paid tackle in the NFL. Is he the best tackle? Is he the best left tackle? Probably not in the league in terms of number one best left tackle in the league. But he is up there. You can argue top 10 based on his performance, his PFF scores, which have steadily been within overall. As a rookie overall, he was high 60s. And since he's been low to mid to high 70s as overall PFF scores. So you can argue he's a steady solid good player at both tackle spots um in terms of the overall pff score so he is but yet he's the 17th highest paid tackle in the nfl and you can see here just continuing on 42.3 million of that 64.1 million is guaranteed it's it's through year two and then 49.9 through year three so uh and then by that point he'll be ready for the next deal. So you can see there, yeah, Brown finished with a 78, 76.8 pass blocking grade um, last year, uh, allowed four sacks. I mean, he's, you know, a star player, quite honestly, star player, and the Bengals landed him. Now, as if all of that was not satisfying enough to your ears and your eyes, if you're watching us here, Take a look at this. Guess who they beat out in the sweepstakes? Guess who they – not only did they beat out the Chiefs when talks fell apart there, the Bengals fought off the Steelers, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and their storied history, the six rings, right? That's all we hear about, the six rings. Uh, and, of course, the Jets that just seem to have a vault of money that they throw around every free agency, and it never works out for them. We'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers and them. Regardless, the Steelers and the money bag Jets, they beat out, did the Bengals, to get Orlando Brown here. Um, and you can see here Jeremy Fowler of ESPN, who does a lot of stuff with the Pittsburgh Steelers, confirmed that. Um, you can see here 10,000, uh, where was it? 10,000 noodles with the money back loaded. I went over that. It is more front loaded, um, was the contract than back loaded. The Bengals largely, um, are going, you know, they have, when they've done these larger deals, they've back loaded it to spread out the cap hit and all that kind of stuff. This is a front loaded deal, the 31 million guaranteed. And this is, I think it was 40 plus million in the first couple of years with close to 50 million of that uh, 64 million coming in the first three years. So, I mean, they front loaded this thing. That is a win now move, ladies and gentlemen, that is a win now move when you structure a contract for, arguably one of if you know one of the best players available on the market that that's a win now move that's a win win now move uh <laughs> i see here <laughs> this is a great one from dwight Patton. can he block that damn miles garrett i hope so i hope so i mean he is he is difficult to block um 
Jonah Williams, I still contend is a solid player, a solid NFL tackle. There are, he's an imperfect tackle, but he is a solid NFL tackle. And he is a guy that, you know, I think most teams would have on their roster should they have a guy like that. But um, he has had fits with him as do a lot of tackles. The thing that Brown has is just massive size and he moves pretty, pretty well, you know, for that size, although the combine numbers wouldn't show that, but uh, you know, he's a guy that potentially can just maybe for lack of better word, just kind of swallow a guy up like, like miles Garrett up, you know what I mean? Just kind of be like, you know, stymie him. And uh, just because of the massive size and that's what he has shown, you know, the, the, crit- the critiques or the criticisms of Orlando Brown Jr. coming into the draft was, you know, he's so big, but can he move laterally? Can he be a left tackle? Can he, can he take care of, you know, elite pass rushers in the, in the NFL because he's just so big. Right. And uh, he has shown that he can do so. Um, now, Miles Garrett's a different, <laughs> a different beast altogether. So we'll have to see what happens, but uh, yeah. Um at any rate, let's go to this one right here. And this is a so this is a nice one, and we'll talk about some of the history here. And then I also want to bring up a little bit of context in terms of the Jawan Taylor contract as well. So this is kind of cool. Orlando Brown reacts on Twitter about it, and he was very, very excited. Um, about the move, about the contract here. And I think a lot of folks were excited for him. But um, you can see here, Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network just spoke to new Bengals left tackle Orlando Brown Jr. I am super thankful for the opportunity to carry on my father's legacy and be a left tackle. It was important to me to be able to play that position and play for a winning team and a winning quarterback, Hude. Um, so kind of an interesting set of situations here with Orlando Brown Jr., the NFL, his father, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Orlando Brown Jr. played for the Browns and the Ravens, and he was a guy, if you remember, he ended up, I believe, suing the league um, because he took a, a penalty flag and it freakishly landed in between his face mask um, and basically, I think, blinded him out of one of his eyes, if I, if I remember correctly correctly and then of course unfortunately his father um passed away at a at a young age there and you know there's a lot of just you know emotion around this family the nfl obviously afc central slash afc north ties etc um and so you know this has meant something really really big to orlando brown jr to be to say i'm a left tackle i'm an nfl left tackle um, uh, you know, I'm a right tackle now in today's NFL, you know, left tackle, right tackle. It's not the same as his father's days in terms of like responsibilities. And that right tackle was always just the run blocking road grader guy. Um, the left tackle was, was, you know, just the pure pass protector gone or kind of those days. And of course the Bengals had two anomalies on at both of those positions during their respective eras because Anthony Munoz was the gold standard in terms of offensive tackles and is the gold standard in terms of offensive tackle play, pass protecting, run blocking, 
you know, the gold standard. And of course, Willie Anderson, a guy who was a big road grading right tackle, but also was incredibly adept as a pass protector as well. Hopefully he gets his rightful place in the, in the hall of fame too, but um, a lot here. And then of course you can rewind back to 2018 and the Cincinnati Bengals had an opportunity with Marvin Lewis, who has ties to this family because of his father had a chance to draft Orlando Brown Jr. Almost did. I believe it was in the third round. Almost did. They didn't. And were going to spring for him in the fourth round, if I remember correctly. The Baltimore Ravens did. Uh, Bengals lost out on him. And that ended up being, you know, a, a situation that kind of bit them there. But so there's a lot of full circle moments here. And a lot of emotion and cool kind of background stories. Uh, obviously, some other sad background stories as well. But um, it's it's kind of neat to see this thing kind of come full circle a bit for Orlando Brown Jr. and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, a lot more expensive than, <laughs> uh, I guess, initially they could have had him. But regardless, if he's here and he's a productive player, who cares, really? I mean, uh, I, I think it's it's more about being productive being here and and you know being the guy that they need him to be for Joe Burrow and uh whatnot okay so Holmes here says I believe they lose the comp pick they were able to receive for losing Bates yes I I think I mean I think we, we have to see how that formula plays out but yes that's probably what happens here and that's another big switch how often did we see those bangle the the Bengals just cling to those beloved comp picks that are day day two maximum day three those fifth round end of fifth round comp picks they just loved them and instead you're able to get guys like this instead of clamoring for that i i, I don't know i mean this is this is just a complete changing of the guard for the Bengals for sure um Let's let's talk about some. I, I, I guess I'll do a little research here because um, this is worth noting. I mentioned Jawan Taylor's contract here, and I will bring up. I believe this is Spot Track here, um, and this will this will tell you the difference. And and you can you can decide whether you would rather have had a Jawan Taylor or an Orlando Brown. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'll share this here. This is again courtesy of Spotrack here. Um, and this is Juwan Taylor's contract breakdown. When you look at this here, it is, I mean, the, the entire deal here is a four-year 80 million. And you know, when you look at that compared to Orlando Brown's deal that has been reported. For the Bengals, that's a four-year, sixty-four million-dollar deal. That's a, a big difference. And then you look at here the signing bonus, eighteen point nine. Now, I think the guaranteed money, total guaranteed money here, is sixty million of eighty million for Jawan Taylor, guaranteed at signing forty million. So, I mean, you're seeing some differences here where you go, "Wow, the Bengals potentially got a." a better player and did so at a, while they paid a premium 
they did not pay what it would have cost for this player, Jawan Taylor, who, by the way, we profiled him on it on this show a while ago. We like him. We liked him. He's a good player. But, you know, I, I think most people say, you know, Orlando Brown, Jawan Taylor. I think most people are saying Orlando Brown. Yeah, there's questions, right tackle, left tackle. But also, um, you look at the value that the Bengals got overall in, in something like this, that – you know, that speaks volumes. Um, it, it does. And oh, by the way, you know, there's, uh, you know, Gardner Johnson, the safety out there. We've we've heard the the Kansas City Chiefs being involved there. Um, you know, Kansas City bringing Juju Smith-Schuster in last year. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of the chippiness the last year plus between the teams. The Bengals have been on the better side of things for the most part, albeit last year in the AFC championship game did not go their way, obviously, but this move too, it's just, mm, it's, it's a knife to the rib cage. If you're the Bengals to the chiefs and that's got, <laughs> if you're petty like me, I think, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that, uh, I think that speaks a lot of volume there with like, Hey, we'll we'll take this guy right off your hands and we're gonna we're gonna see how things shake out when we battle again inevitably not only in the regular season but in the postseason so all of that being said we're gonna talk about the offensive line for just a couple of minutes and then we're gonna get out of here because it is freaking late and uh we've done a lot here but hey it's free agency no sleep for the wicked this is the Orange and Black Insider, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. Right over here, you can click on that show icon. Click that at the bottom of the screen there. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. We appreciate the support there. And, of course, give this video a thumbs up if you like kind of what we're doing and running down we do different videos we do a lot of different things if you're new here so we appreciate the support there and then of course uh you got to give a thumbs up to the cincy jungle facebook page you'll be hanging out there with like eighty thousand plus friends so go go like that if you are so inclined and of course audio side of things itunes stitcher spotify google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. go subscribe to the cincy jungle podcast channel we've got this one and a number of other shows on our podcast channel that you can check out um, whether we're all your cup of tea or one or two of them are a cu- uh, your cup of tea check them out and leave us a review if you can we appreciate the support let's talk about for a few minutes the composition of the Bengals offensive line Because this move, we, we thought the Bengals would maybe go right tackle. Maybe a Jawan Taylor, right? We, we thought it would go right tackle and the unceremonious exit of Leo Collins would be forthcoming. And, um, you know, a guy that we all applauded the signing last year, myself included, um, was going to be shown the door because of injuries and age and all kinds of different things. There are a myriad of possibilities now for the Bengals with the offensive line because it the Bengals have committed verbally, I guess part contractually. I don't know if that's in the I don't think that's in the language of the contract, but they 
the way they enticed Orlando Brown over was to say, you're going to be our left tackle. The Bengals were heavily committed to Jonah Williams at left tackle and have been. Now he's on the fifth year option of his rookie deal. It is manageable. I think it's about $12 million, if I'm not mistaken, right now. Manageable by offensive tackle standards. But what the hell does this mean for this offensive line? Orlando Brown's going to be your left tackle. There's been talk of people, you know, hey, do the Bengals need an upgrade at left guard after only one year of Cordell Volson? I think he steadied things. I think he got better in the year. Um, You're always, if you are a championship caliber team, you are always looking to improve things. Hence the Orlando Brown Jr. signing at left tackle over Jonah Williams, a guy who is solid, but has still let up a lot of sacks. I know that's a mishmash of opinions in terms of what that means and who that's on and all of that. But regardless, you know, you could have Orlando Brown at your left tackle Jonah Williams is your right tackle and then comprise the interior as you had them last year, Volson, Karras, Kappa, respectively. You could potentially move Jonah Williams for trade, you know, some sort of trade value or what, what have you. Um, and he would have some value because he still is on a semi-manageable contract, albeit a one-year one, and you could potentially net I would say a day two pick for him uh, if you decided to go that route and then you can invest in a rookie right tackle there, get some you know potential salary off your books, that sort of thing. You, there's the, the possibility that Jonah kicks inside to left guard to replace Cordell Volson. So you would have um, you would have Brown, Williams, Karras, Kappa, and then, you know, what do you do it? What do you do at right tackle at that point? Is that a rookie? Is that, hey, we're planning on Leo Collins coming back? Or is that placeholder and then Collins? Is that Jackson Carmen? Um, so a lot of, lot of possibilities in that respect there. Um, so, I mean, you could go a number of different ways with this one. Personally, I think... I'm going to be I'm going to be greedy about this in terms of how I want this. When you look at and I'm going to rationalize what I'm saying. When you look at how the year ended for the Cincinnati Bengals, how close they were to two Lombardi trophies the last two years, it was the offensive line that was a big big factor as to why the team lost. In 21, they just did not even have the starting personnel that you needed. Albeit, you know, Riley Reef out of the out of the picture with injury and all kinds of stuff at right tackle, they just didn't have the personnel. Well, that changed last year when they brought in four new starters on the offensive line, um, and as you as they kind of limped towards the the finish line, there no Kappa, Karras on one bad knee, um, you know, Jonah gone, had two knee issues throughout the year, and Collins gone. I'm kind of like, you know, if you can find a way to keep most or all of these guys at this point, so you have starting guy. I mean, they they may keep Collins, pup him, and and kind of see where, where he could play. He can play guard. 
he could play right tackle. I mean, he you can move him around a bit if you need to. Now you're paying a premium for that, and you're paying a premium for a guy that might be on the bench for a little bit or swing player or what have you. But when you look at as this team has gone towards the finish line and they've been oh so close to the Lombardi Trophy, and they're bringing in guys that don't have a lot of starting experience. They're bringing in low-round picks. They're bringing in guys that um, at best are spot starters, not long-term postseason, go up against elite team starters. I mean, I don't know, man. Do you do you just do you kind of just collect all these guys, veterans and whatnot, and and bite the bullet on the salary cap, bite the bullet in um, you know the, the money you're paying them? I know that's not the the way the Bengals operate, but look around, look the look at the last three off seasons. They've made moves that are completely out of their character, or I guess now is in their character. So. You, you can shed that those those offensive line salaries. You can get rid of some of those guys, but I'm almost inclined, man. Do you keep most? Do you keep? I mean, if you have at the end of the year, and you maybe have some injuries, let's say Volson, God forbid, goes down if he's your starter, and what if you have a Lael Collins kind of waiting in the wings? Um, if you have a, you know, you can bring in Jackson Carmen here and there. If you if you hung on to Jonah, I mean, your offensive line just is almost two units deep, which is kind of what has plagued the Bengals the last couple of years. So I'm very interested to see what the Bengals will do. I'm very interested to see Jonah Williams' reaction to this move because he has been handed the left tackle position, the starting left tackle position since he arrived in Cincinnati. And that has not been, uh, that, that is seemingly not the case here. He has not played right tackle since early in his Alabama career. Um, and a lot of people just say, Oh, you play one tackle position. You can kick over to the other. It's not that easy. Um, and I think a lot of offensive linemen would tell you that. So I, I, you know, I think, I think I'm being greedy on that front and it's probably not realistic to keep all those guys, especially when you're looking at signing a veteran safety, when you're looking at, um, you know, maybe bringing in some cornerback help and whatnot, a lot, some tough decisions to be made uh, as well as letting some of these internal free agents being shown the door, tough decisions being made on Lael Collins, Joe Mixon, maybe a couple of others, but uh, you know, the Bengals really surprising a lot of folks saying that is a major move. Um, they've let these other pieces go. They bring in Orlando Brown Jr. And they're saying, you know, what our, where our commitment is, our commitments to our quarterback, our commitments to our offensive line, our commitments to winning a championship, and our commitments to really our offense and what our offense has done, Burrow, Higgins, Chase, Boyd, uh, etc. So, um, I, I mean, QQ here, I mean, cut Collins and mix and you get 18 million. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So that's probably what you're going to, or you're going to get a restructure. That's probably the more likely scenario. But my greediness and in looking in the rearview mirror as to what has happened the last couple of years and how the Bengals have lost what has plagued them in the postseason? It has been offensive line play and attrition because of injury. I'm kind of like, man, just just collect guys. You think you, you can start for 
I mean, even if it's, if you got to bite the bullet for a year, you know, um, again, this isn't Madden franchise mode. So, you know, you got to play within the confines of reality and that may not be realistic, but that's just kind of how I, uh, how I see it. But I wish I, you know, I'm seeing people saying, you know, what, what's going to happen with the offense? How is it going to be comprised? I mean, right now you have, uh, I mean, I guess you would have Brown and Jonah Williams, Brown being your, your left tackle, Jonah Williams being your right. And Jonah is your contingency plan, I guess, for Collins, who would in all likelihood be on the pup list, you would assume to start the year. And then you have the same interior offensive line, but um, you know, they could move, they could move Jonah. Um, I don't know that they would even, if they were to trade him, I don't know that he would be a guy that they would trade like now. I think you get, you kind of pick up that frenzy right on draft day again, and you may get teams who miss out on a tackle that they wanted. And they're maybe able to, they, they may pay, a premium, an extra round, you know, if they were, well, you know, I'd give a fourth or third round pick for Jonah Williams. Well, maybe that becomes a second round pick. Um, and, and you get a second, second round pick, you know, if you're the Bengals, maybe that's what they do. So um, the, the good news now is that they have options up front and they have good options up front in terms of how they can configure it. And that hasn't always been the case. That has rarely been the case. Since really Andrew Whitworth and Kevin Zeitler left and or since Joe Burrow has been here. Whew. I'm Anthony Cazenza. I went longer than I thought I was gonna. Um, this has been a fun one because of the news. Orlando Brown Jr. is a Cincinnati Bengal. He is their left tackle. The Bengals strike a late night deal on Wednesday to get a major, major player and a guy who should help their offensive line immensely. It's just a matter of let's let's see how the shell game works up front. And uh, I got to tell you, Frank Pollock continues to <laughs> be a happy guy. He continues to get a lot of talent. Um, I will say probably the, the seat's going to get a little hot here if this somehow does not work. Um, and I like Frank Pollock a lot, but, you know, when, when you're – the Bengals and you've invested this heavily in the offensive line the last couple of years, you cannot, this is, this is not, Oh, let's take average. This is, you got to have a pretty solid offensive line at this point. Um, You got to have a pretty solid offensive line given the acquisitions, but thank you so much. I mean, God, for some of you, it's what 2 AM. Good Lord. Um, Appreciate you tuning in live. Appreciate you listening after the fact. Um, we're dedicated. You guys are dedicated, and I appreciate that. Bengals make a big move signing Orlando Brown Jr. We're going to be back with you more on this podcast channel with all kinds of different shows and breakdowns, hopefully some interviews with some new Bengals. We'll try and work on that for you and other folks as well. Go check out our episode earlier from Wednesday with Joe Goodberry. He is awesome. We did talk, aside from free agency, we did talk uh, some draft as well. So go check that out. And, of course, news, opinions, analysis, podcasts, etc., all on cincyjungle.com. Go check it out. Appreciate you all. Seriously, the fact that we've got an immense amount of live viewers at this time of night 
incredible. Shows not only your your passion for the Bengals, your excitement for this move, but uh, hopefully a little bit of appreciation for what we do. And I, uh, I appreciate you all. Take care. We'll be back with more, I promise. But uh, have a good night. 